Welcome to the Simso Sessions podcast, where today we are talking through surviving and thriving despite abuse. Hi there and welcome. Can you believe we are six episodes into the Sim Soul Sessions podcast and what an amazing journey it has been. I am Simone and as usual, I am honored that you are hanging out in our safe space today to listen to some gems and the gems that will be offered up in today's episode. And there are many. Today, we are revisiting our Sim Soul Sessions television show episode with Ambassador Alun Asamba. A Jamaican powerhouse, attorney, former politician, she was an ambassador, served Jamaica, an all-round strong Jamaican woman who ended up in an abusive relationship at the hands of her then-husband. She chronicles how she went through it and how she eventually got out of a horrible situation, and she shares all the learnings with us. Please remember that you can watch the episode as it aired in full online at Simone Clark Cooper on YouTube. But before you head there, please listen to this. We introduce you to what most would describe as the unlikely face of intimate partner violence. In this whole session, we talk to Ambassador Alun Asamba, an outstanding woman with an equally outstanding career in law, foreign affairs and politics, Ironically, this strong woman has been asked how she could have been weak enough to allow abuse to happen to her. Alun, we thank you very much for being here. Um, let's start here. So you grew up in a family, Alun, with uh, mom and dad, married for many, many years, big family, whole heap of love around you. And yes. so I think many would think that would inform what you would have stepped into when you decided to wed in 91, you met a man you thought was the love of your life and he swept you off your feet. And even though you had this reference point of love, it seems like it wasn't enough for you to figure out that this was not the right thing for you. Talk me through that a little bit. Well, you know, as you say, I grew up in a, in a very close-knit family. Um, my brothers and sisters, my mom stayed home. My father went out to work. Every day we came home, the first thing that everybody would do is call mom. And wherever she was, she would come. So she was always there in the home, as was daddy. And we have a close, close-knit family. Um, most people, when they see one of us, they look around to see who else is there. And I went away to the University of Pittsburgh. I got a, uh, that's my son and my two grandsons mm -hmm. there. I, I, I got a fellowship from the Heinz 57. You know, Heinz 57, those my three, three of my brothers, the one who died is not in this picture. And um, I went to the University of Pittsburgh. You can see Fortis. I know all the Fortis people are going to have all kinds of things to say. <laughs> So I went to the University of Pittsburgh and shortly after I was there, I went to an event and I met this gentleman. He was doing his PhD and he was working on a program that had brought a number of persons from all over Africa 
to come to the university and do one of their summer programs. And I looked, I saw him and, you know, I said, yes, this one looked good. <laughs> you know, at the age, you're looking around and so on. And um, he found a way to get in touch with me afterwards. And I was very flattered. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that, you know, in discussing this matter, I have a friend who said to me, you know, Loon, the problem is that you fell in love. Next time, you make sure that you grow in love because you have this way when you fall in love that even if there are some things that's right under your nose, you don't see it. You, you don't, you don't, you're not looking for it. And the other thing is that I had never had an experience with a, a person who was abusive. I had never. Yes, I know that there were persons when we were growing up. And you know, in Jamaica, there's this thing that says, he beat me because he loved me. Mm -hmm. In fact, I recall growing up, my father got <laughs> beaten because he interfered in a situation where a man was beating his woman. And my father tried to protect the lady and she turned around and beat him and said she, that he was to leave her and her man because the man was beating her because he loved her. Well, Alu, let, um, me, let me jump in a little bit because you, you, you told me you fell in love and you would never advise anybody now to fall in love because when you fall, you drop buduf baf for your exact words. It's true. And you, it's want true. People to, you want to advise people to grow in love. But you said even Growing when up. you look back now, you saw red flags, but you were flattered by the jealousy yes. and you were flattered by the rage. Talk to me a little yes. bit about that. Well, you see, what I discovered is that all the things that I thought attracted him to me once I became his wife, then he had to exercise power and control over me. So the things in my life that made me attractive, the fact that I was a lawyer, the fact that I ran an organization, the fact that I was my own woman and everything, all of those things. Then once I became wife, then I was expected to conform to his interpretation of what a wife ought to be. You know, this meek, yes, my love, no my love kind of person. And that was very difficult for me to do because I, I was so used to being my own person. Right, right. And so so you, so you get, yes. you get, you get married to him, and you didn't really even have a honeymoon phase, eh? Because it, the, no. ab the abuse started. Not at all. Immediately. We got, we got married in Jamaica. We came home to Jamaica, and we got married in Jamaica. And he met all of my friends, of course, all of my family, and we went back to Pittsburgh. And shortly thereafter, the abuse started. And you kind of, you know, when we were speaking before and I said that people wondered how I allowed this to happen to me, you don't allow this to happen to you. And it's not about you. You are the victim. And too many people, I have, I have done a lot of work 
in this area, counseling women who have reached out to me to help them through this situation. And it's very hard to get from the point of blaming yourself to the point where you say, it is not what I have done. It is not anything that I have done. And in fact, when I was going through this, I kept trying to figure out what it is that I had done that would cause this man to be doing this to me. And it took me a while to realize that I didn't do anything. I was just me. Yeah. The same me who he was attracted to before we got married. Yep. You mentioned to me that you, you never said anything to your friends. As, as tight-knit as your family was, you said nothing to them either. You would do your best when you were, you know, getting abused to shield your face so you could cover the rest of it, but you didn't have to, to hide your face. Um, what, tell me about that shame and how you process that. Um, that not saying anything to anybody because I'm ashamed of this. I've done something. What have I done? Talk me through that a little bit. Let me tell you. You know, when you, when you decide you're going to get married with somebody, you're going to get married, you figure this is it. It's going to work. Everything is fine. Um, in my case, I met this man abroad. I took him back to Jamaica. He met my family and everything. And then this thing started happening to me. And the first thing is, this doesn't happen to people like me. You know, in Jamaica, there was this view, and, and I think that probably it still exists, that is only poor people have this experience. Here I am, I'm a big lawyer. I, I'm an important person in, in the society. And I found myself in a relationship where somebody was abusing me. And my initial response to that was to be ashamed. I was ashamed that I made a choice to marry somebody who could do this to me. First of all, I didn't believe it was happening to me. And then secondly, how could I have put myself in this situation? How could I have done that? And so the shame was there. I didn't tell anybody what was happening to me. Um, and, and as you say, as close as my family was, they didn't know. And for many, many years, even after I started talking about it, they had no idea what it is that I went through. Okay, I'm going to they stick up in there. And you're going to talk to me a little bit about the extent of the abuse. Um, you got, you got, you, 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 you pretty much made up your mind when you saw what was going on that you were going to go alone. Yes. But you ran, you that. ran up into a complication. Yes. You got pregnant. I, I got pregnant shortly after I got married. And by then I knew that I was not going to stay in this marriage. And I also knew that if I had this child, I would be bound to this man for years to come. And I prayed. I prayed to God that he would take a child. 
I got up every day and I said, Lord, you know I can't live in this. I'm asking you, please do not allow me to have this child. And I lost the baby. All I can say is that God is good. Because I knew that if I had that child, I was going to have to walk away from that child for my own sake, for my own health, for my own life. I knew, and I prayed to God and said, you know, God, don't let me have this child. But you lost the child alone, <laughs> and he beat yeah. you for losing the child. Yes, because he said that I had, had a son, because my son Dominic was, um, at the time Dominic was about 12, that I caused him to lose a child and I already had a child for myself. And he, he beat me for that. Listen, he, he beat me for so many things. If, if, I, if we go out and somebody smiled at me and I smiled back when I got home, I got a beaten for that. Wow. If we had people at home, because he's very social, eh? and Africans were constantly coming and passing through, and we were constantly entertaining. And if I was too animated, or if I talked too much in his mind, oh, one of the things is that I had studied French in high school, and he's Francophone African. And after a while, you hear the French, it comes back to you. So while I wasn't confident enough to speak the French, I could understand. understand. And if I, if a conversation was going on and I intervene in English, because they speak English, even though they would have been speaking French at that time. As soon as those people left, he would beat me and say, how oh, I pretend like I can't, I don't speak French and I don't understand French, and there I am coming into the conversation, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I would go in the shower and have a shower, and he would come in there after me and hit my head on the, on the walls. I remember, you know, I've always had my hair. This is salt and pepper, but I always had streaks in my hair. I think from as about 25, he met me with streaks in my hair. And then after a while, he decided that I wasn't to have streaks in my hair. I remember once I went back to Pittsburgh from Jamaica and he picked me up at the airport and he saw the streaks in my hair and he says, you put that damn thing in your hair again? And I didn't answer him and I went home and went to have a shower and he came in the shower came in the bathroom and he grabbed my head and he hit it against the wall and he says, do not ever put this back in your hair. So Alun, <sighs> come summer mm. of 93, how did you decide in summer of 93 that this was it? I'm done. You know, I was in Pittsburgh and I was coming back to Jamaica and there was this show, Heraldo, and they were talking about men who abused women. And we were watching the show together. And he, he said, 
Well, I do it all the time. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. And I said to myself, this man has no, he's gonna continue like this. And I, I, I took a knife and I went to bed with a knife. And I said, if he abused me again, I was going to use the knife. And then I said to myself, no, I'm not going to do this because then I'd have my son without a mother. You made a decision when you decided I can't live like this anymore with a knife under my pillow. For the lady who is watching, who is at the place where you were, doesn't know what to do, may have kids, has no idea of the next step. What would your word be to that woman who's watching tonight? When, when this happened to me, I didn't know where I could get any help. And so I, I had to get counseling and, um, you know, I, I think I told you this when I asked my counselor, why would God allow this to happen to me? And, and he told me, because he's going to use you to talk to women about this problem. You know, there are people who keep saying, why is she always up on TV or up on radio talk about this? Hey, why she don't stop? Why is she, why is she one talking? The, the fact is that probably I'm the only one talking because I'm the only one who come out. And I understand that there are women who, because of the shame and because of just having to live in this society, that they would never speak publicly about what is happening to them. But there are resources now where people can call and people can get help. And let me and ask you about the women yeah. who have children who, who think, let me stay for the kids. You know, I, I, it's a very hard decision, but the kids are just as abused when they see this happen to their parents. They are living in an abusive situation, and I do not think that it would be good for the kids to keep them, to keep them in that situation. There are some times, and I know of situations, where women leave the children, get themselves sorted out, and then take their children afterwards. I have had women who speak to me about the fact that they didn't feel they had a choice and they had to stay in that relationship because they needed to protect what they thought, protecting their children. And I know some of those children resent the mother for staying in the relationship while they were there and it was happening. I've spoken to adult children who have finally understood the sacrifice that their, their mother might have made for them. Yeah. She put herself um, behind what she thought was the best thing for them. I have had women from all, all levels of the society call me with this problem and saying, what can I do? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, they just want somebody to talk to. They just want somebody who will listen to them and who will listen to them without passing judgment. Because one thing I know is that people pass judgment on you. I have lived with that. Yeah. I have lived with men telling my friends, why are your friend always talking about this? Eh? What, you don't have anything else to talk about? Well, we, we, God put it on my heart to talk about it. So that was Alun on July 27, to be exact. And she is back with us today to catch us up on how she has been since. Hi, Alun, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm 
not doing well, but I'm recovering and doing well now. Okay. Um, you're not taking care of yourself, man. We have to come and. No, I, I think it's just exhaustion. You know, exhaustion and stress are the things that kind of come down upon you. Yes. Yes. And um, I'm not used to having blood pressure problems, and my blood pressure went sky high and um, caused a little problem. Oh, no. But I'm okay now. Um, and I should be fine. I've done all the various tests, and I'm okay. Okay. Just get a little tired quickly. What? Yeah, well, take it easy. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you know, you you sh- you share so much that helps so many people, and you did that when you were on the show. Um, yes. Curious to find out after the show, we got some some great feedback in terms of um, people who literally alone that night got up and walked out of their. Uh, toxic relationships and, and and it was all you um, I'm curious about the feedback um, you got after the show do you know since then I have <laughs> I have spoken many times to different groups of persons in fact this morning I did uh, a session with staff members from the customs department no way yes wow. I also did something for um, on AIDS Day mm-hmm. um, for the Jamaica uh, um, <laughs> my, my brain is gone um, Family Planning mm, National Family Planning Board I, Yes, yes. Um, I have done for groups of persons it's just amazing you know I, as I said to you when I spoke, that I've been doing this now for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it is just amazing that there are people who are hearing it for the first time. I got a, I got a, a, a message this morning by a Facebook messenger from somebody who said they work with customs and they were going to be in the session and they were looking forward to hearing me because they had never heard me speak. Wow. It goes to show you that there are different audiences. After the session to say, thank you very much. I have known you for so long and I know your brothers and I didn't know you were going through this. It's just amazing because sometimes you talk and persons hear, but unless they are in a situation themselves or they know of somebody who is in that situation, the information passes over their heads. Absolutely. When it's when you're going through it, 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 that's why people say you will hear a song, and it's not until the lyrics speak directly to your experience that you actually hear the song. You know. Um, yes. you, so a lot of people have been hearing your story for the first time. When you when you spoke that night, you said even some things that you were revealing um, would be the first time family members, even your son Dominic. Was hearing some of it. Yeah, so what was the reaction from them? Well, you know, my family has been very supportive because the minute I opened up and started to speak about this, my mother, as I had indicated to you, told me to go ahead in that event that I was speaking at. She said, go ahead and speak. So my mother has been very supportive and she has more or less set the tone for how. My family has responded. Um, I got messages because we had them on the on on the TV um, when when we were doing that. I got messages from them to say, um, 
that they knew, but they didn't understand the extent of what I was going through. Because as I had indicated to you, I had kept it away mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. So that, for example, the younger ones would know that I had this problem and that I walked away from it. But I don't think at the time, 20 years ago, they focused on exactly what it was. My younger sister wrote to me and she said, she lives in the U.S. and she said, oh my God, we had no idea Mm. the extent of the abuse that you took. Mm -mm. Because remember, as I said, I hid it. I hid it very, very well that most people didn't know at all. Right. Right, like hence the surprise. They were to me. Yeah. Because she wrote me today, she was not only close to me, but she's close to my brother. And, um. <laughs> Never knew a word. It's just amazing. Yeah. Because the truth is, and I know that there are people who are hurting and who are hiding it from the people who are close to them and close around them. Because one of the persons said to me, if we had known that this was happening to you, we would have done something. We mm. would have beat him up. We would oh, have, God. you know. I, I I didn't want anybody to be pulled into that. And also, again, the shame. Right. You know, I don't want to, to step away from the, the issue of the shame. Yeah, you spoke on the show about about that being a key takeaway for a lot of people, the notion of standing in love versus falling in love, and the shame that women carry around that you want us to just get rid of, this notion that we did some. What did I do to deserve this? Yes, yes. And in fact, this morning when I was speaking to the group um, in custom and spoke about that shame, and, and, and I tried to get it to understand that you have to step away from the shame because it is not your shame. You are the person who this thing is happening to. And it is not that you have done anything to bring it onto yourself. And in the discussion this morning, um, former Assistant Commissioner of Police, Novelet, um, was, was one of the other participants. And she raised the issue that recently we saw where an entertainer was brought in um, This thing was brought into focus because of this particular entertainer and his relationship that was abusive to his his, his partner. Mm -hmm. And the the, the spin that it seems, and I'm saying it seems because I haven't been following him, um, that they're putting on is that she was, um, that she had gone with other men and that she had this and she had that and so on. The truth is that even if that is so, it does not excuse the abuse. You need to tell them again, alone because that's a serious this thing about she bring it on herself. She call it on right. herself. Um, it's a it's a rampant uh, 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 belief that a lot of people hold, and it's sad. Yes, it is very sad because it does not matter. Um, there are relationships where that happens, where 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 um, infidelity occurs, and. Thankfully, it does not cause abuse. But there are relationships where where persons use that as the excuse for the abuse. And the truth is, there is never any excuse 
for abuse. Never. Yeah. Never. And yeah. that is something that we need. You know, because one of the things when you're going through is that you say to yourself, what is it that I have done to cause this to be happening to me? And so many, I'm, I'm speaking from the position of women because uh, that's what I know, but I also recognize that there are men who mm-hmm. are abused and mm-hmm. so the same things would go for them. But there are so many people who keep saying, is what she do, is what she do that caused it to be charged. Is what he do. Yeah. It's not anything that you who are the victim yeah. have done. Let me ask you, I mean, you say you've been talking about this for 20 years. I was surprised when we spoke at how um, emotional you got recounting this story because I knew you had been talking about it for so long. Does it get easier or does it does it feel fresh every time you, you have to go back to that place? It's fresh hmm. every time because as I was talking to you earlier in this conversation, about when you ask about the response of my family. I, I actually had to swallow quite a bit before <laughs> I could finish mm. saying to you how they responded because it, 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 it brings back that whole time, every time I have to talk about it. But the, the truth is, it is not that it is, it gets any easier in terms of the effect it has on me, but it gets easier to talk about it the more I talk about it, the more I don't feel the shame and the more I feel that it is important for me to speak because every time I speak, even if it is only one person who is able to get the strength to step away from an abusive relationship, that is important. I'm a firm believer in that, that, that concept of one person help one person. And if one person helps one person and that other person helps another person, that's two persons who have been helped. So I keep that in my head. Every time I'm asked to speak and I say, oh God, people in Jamaica must be tired to hear (laughs) me talk about this now. And then something wells up in me and says, if you don't talk, who will? Persons will stay where they mm-hmm. are without acting to protect themselves. Yeah. And so even if it's only one person, but even if I use today's um, feedback and, and the feedback that I had from National Family Planning Association. Um, You're doing an important service. It helps. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Help. Yes. So, so as we head into... Um, 2021, there are lots of women and men who are assessing their relationships right now because they're in relationships that are not good for them, um, not in a healthy place, trying to rationalize it away and maybe waiting to see if things will change. Um, But there is abuse alone. It happens more than we know and more than people are willing to admit and more than people are willing to talk about again because of the shame. What is your advice to folks about making a fresh start for 2021? Is that something that you would encourage people to stop as we approach a new year, take stock and see what can be done? I, I would encourage persons to look at their situation and to get some help. There, there's lots of help available now. There are many hotlines that are available. And again, I'm going to talk about um, an organization that I have done a lot of work with. Um, that is 
Um, Women's Media Watch. Media Watch, but mm-hmm. they have changed now, and they're doing a change from just watching media to to, to giving support to, to persons who are being abused. Um, the police has really come a far away from how they used to be before. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that notwithstanding the recent situation that we heard about, but I think the amount of, of, of press that that got would cause that not to happen again. Um, the, the, the Bureau of Women's Affairs has a number of hotlines. Now, I understand that financial resources and implications might have um, persons not being able to immediately act and do something. And that is why one of the things that we have to encourage women to do is never cause themselves to be in a situation where they are totally dependent on somebody else for their sustenance mm-hmm. and their well-being, you know? Mm-hmm. Try to forge some independence because that's one of the tools they use to keep you there. Something to do so that you are able to have some level of independence. independence. Try right. to have somebody, um, friends, relatives, or even just an organization that can you can reach out to. A lot of churches have, if they can't do themselves, they'll be able to refer you to where you could get help. I would like to say, do not in an abusive relationship. Do not stay in an abusive relationship. It changes your personality. It causes you, as it did for me, was a bubbly, outspoken person to become. You pull into yourself, you become like a, a little mouse in a corner. Nobody wants to live like that. Also, if there are children involved, it cannot be good for the children. It cannot be good for the children to see their parents um, fighting or, or having uh, a one parent being abused by the other. One of the things that comes up all the time when I speak is that unfortunately when boys see this, they think that this is the way home. Mm-hmm. Run, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and girls feel like it's okay. Girls feel that I, or uh, this is how it is, yeah. I can't do anything about it and I must just sit down and take the yeah. yeah. And so we need to consider our failure to act to get out of their abusive relationship and what it is doing to our children. I know that there are people who will say, boy, I stay in the relationship because of the children. The thing is that many times you are doing a greater damage and disservice to the children by staying in that kind of relationship than if you come out, you know. Um, there are some women who have had to come out and leave children. I say to them, Eventually, you will get back your child, or you, you will get back your children. I know of many situations where that has occurred, where the woman has had to go and leave the children, and then as she gets back on her feet, or as she gets on her feet to be able to do something, she can get back her children. Mm-hmm. And certainly, she can go to the family court and get access, and you know, all of that. So, what I want to say is to in the new year, persons who are in abusive relationships can. Or, as I say, if you make a 
you can unless you have someone who is trust implicitly yeah. that will not share what it is that you are applying. Yeah. Because sometimes I know and we've heard those stories where the, the partner gets word or wind of what the woman is, is, is planning to do. And cancer. We see so many of that where it's because she's trying to going to leave that she cares her. It's like if I can't have you, nobody, nobody can. So make your plans, but make them in silence. Yes. Sage yes. advice. Thank you so much, Alun. We so appreciate you stopping in and updating us on everything. And now it is time for our affirmation. I love. It is so lovely. A many splendid thing. It makes you smile and it makes your heart sing, right? If you're lucky, this is what happens more often than not in your relationship, but it is not always the case, and that's okay once there's balance and harmony. Love is often tried and tested, and that's okay too. But if it constantly hurts and leaves you in physically, physical, emotional, or psychological pain, something is wrong. And if you're smiling outside but crying inside day in, day out because of your partner's action, something is wrong there too. You may have been trying to figure out what the problem is and in so doing you may have convinced yourself that it's something you did or didn't do. And in doing that, how many red flags have you been rationalizing away? Love does not physically hurt, bruise or break, whether physically, mentally or emotionally. And if this is your reality over and over again, then you need to realize that a mistake repeated more than once is a decision. So maybe it's time for you to make one of your own. If your partner won't love you, maybe it's time to see how you can love yourself. Maybe you can start to honor yourself by finding the information that will allow you to begin the process of healing. Because you may be battered, but you don't have to be broken. Trauma may have happened to you, but it doesn't have to define you. Never forget that walking away from something unhealthy is brave, even if you stumble a little on your way out the door. And that step is a complicated one that starts in your heart. When you do make that incredibly bold and difficult decision, be sure to get help because the road will not be easy. But try not to look back. Look ahead at the major step you have taken on the courageous path to self-love. And believe it or not, your wounds can be a source of growth. Tonight or today, we are affirming, I choose me, my happiness, my health, my life. I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to happen next. And so I thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Sim Soul Sessions podcast. Remember to catch an episode as it aired on TV by visiting Simone Clark Cooper on YouTube and then watch, share, comment and subscribe to join a very special movement. I certainly hope you, you found some soul food here today. Until the next time we catch up every blessing and please remember to count your blessings.